Greetings ladies and mental gents and welcome to this batch video for the web novel Out of Space taken from the website Royal Road. And as always I hope you enjoy the narration and if you do please consider supporting the channel. Chapter 393 Trapped The city of Silverton, final gate of the citadel. Tyria reloaded his rifle and took a quick check of his surroundings. His men had ad hoc marine support, which had grown to almost a small platoon as they picked up more waylaid marines that were currently taking a breather from the close quarter fighting. They had encountered the bronze men, which were heavily armored and wore thick plate that protected the vitals and reduced the penetration abilities of their rifle rounds. The marines claim all one had to use their rocket launchers and heavy machine gun fire to subdue any bronze men which reappeared. Likely for Tyria, they had a bag of holding which carried plenty of ammunition for their needs so far. Now, the last barrier to the citadel where the emperor was in were before them. There was about a hundred heavily armed bronze men wielding massive shields and carrying maces stood before the gates. Behind them stood another imperial soldiers and knights as they nervously guarded the gate. Terrier leaned back to cover and considered his options. He knew the main gate had fallen by the reports of the radio and the companies of marines were advancing through the city. The city was in a rough oval shape with the northern portion sloping upwards to a cliff where the citadel was sighted on. It had two main gates, the south which the marines had broken through and the west gate. The eastern side of the city was a harbour with a wall built out of the sea that had a gate made of chains that lowered to prevent any ship from sailing in or out. Beyond the gates, Tyria could see the pebbled road that led to the slope of the cliff of the citadel which heavily defended by both physical and magic means. To get there, he would first need to break through these gates and its guards first and he didn't want to wait any longer for the rest of the marines to catch up. Alright, here's the plan. After making up his mind, he said in a low voice to the NCOs around him, We hit them with RPG-1 and grenades. I want one group to suppress the archers on the battlements, while the rest concentrate on the terminators. Questions? How about the magic barriers? One of the NCOs asked. We can't shoot through the barrier. Ignore it, Tyria said. We kill off the guards and then we breach the wall with explosives. Faster. And also keeps the Imperial off guard. The NCOs nodded as they returned to their men to pass on the orders. Tyria counted down slowly in his mind when he judged that they had enough time to be ready. He patted Wolf next to him, who had an RPG-1 over his shoulder. Do it. Wolf nodded wordlessly and stepped out of the cover while Tyria made sure to keep out of the backblast. One round away. The 70mm rocket screamed out and stamped right into the middle of the formation of bronze men. Instantly, there was a loud explosion and bits and pieces of metal and flesh rained out. Following that, several other rocket teams fired their RPG-1s and the creating more destruction and death. The squads of marines in charge of covering the battlements immediately fired, dropping helmeted heads and imperials peering out from cover. As the smoke cleared, more than half the bronze men were broken and the soldiers and knights behind them, the ranks of bronze men, were also badly injured. Grenade! The marines cried out their warning as they lobbed grenades out and the egg-shaped explosives bounced and rolled amongst the bodies before detonating, flaying everyone both living and dead with deadly shrapnel. Fire! The marine machine guns swept fire at these still remaining standing at the gate. The more powerful rounds hammered the heavily armored bronze men to their knees. Others started their advance while the demo team taking the opportunity to plant explosives at the section of the wall without any magic barriers. 
The remaining bronze men still were able to get stomped their way forward towards the marines and Claymore One troops under the cover. They dragged their long maces and raised their heavy shields before them as they tanked their way forward. Sparks and dents appeared on the shields as any exposed part of the bronze men, yet they still shrugged off most of the small arms fire, ignoring the squirts of black blood coming off their armor. One of the bronze men reached the cover of the group of marines. It swung its mace, aiming for the heads of the marines who ducked and power swung smashed the masonry around them. One of the marines tossed a grenade at the feet of the bronze men and the marines scurried away as fast as they could when the grenade went up. The bronze men toppled over and shrapnel shredded its legs, ripping away its tendons and muscles. It slammed face first down and proceeded to crawl its way forward. The frightened marines spammed gunfire and the faceplate of the crawling monster, and under the repeated heavy punishment, the thick helmet cracked and broke, before the rifle rounds punched through its head and blowing out its jellied brains. Back! Don't engage hand to hand with it! A sergeant yelled as the bronze men hit their lines. Back! A whoosh of bronze men skittled backwards from the force of the rocket, its metal boots trading sparks as the cobbled street as the rocket impaled itself into its chest of the bronze man. A second later, their rocket blew up, and the mangled suit of heavy armor toppled backwards, and its insides a mess of gore. The bronze men swung their heavy weapons without any finesse, shattering walls and furniture as the marines dodged and ran from the monsters. An unfortunate marine got caught a glancing blow and was flung against a wall, and slumped down, unmoving as his bones were broken by the force. The rocket teams reloaded quickly and fired at the bare minimum aiming distance of the rockets, blowing the bronze men to shreds, then before long, there were no surviving bronze men. The Imperial soldiers remained under the cover of their magic barriers, shot arrows, bolts and spells at any marine under cover. Tyria, seeing the bronze men taken care of quickly, rallied the troops. Ignore those guards, get in cover, smoke them! He dug out a smoke canister and threw it at the far end as he could and directions of all barriers. One by one, the marines of Claymore One troops followed his example, and soon a screen of smoke covered the Imperial's position. Demo, blow that wall. Fire in the hole. The explosives planted at the walls blew up spectacularly. Tyria gave an explosion some time to settle down before he charged. Advance, move, move, move. Everyone jumped out of the cover and followed Claymore One's leader. They charged into the smoke. Imperials, shocked and stunned by the explosive, could barely stop their advance as their positions were filled with thick, foul-smelling smoke. Go, 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 go! Terrier hopped over the debris and exited from the smoke and found himself in a causeway that led right into the castle. He took a knee and fired at some Imperials who came out of the barriers to investigate the explosives, dropping them with a well-aimed single shots. Radio! He yelled at Loke who humped the radio set. Loke took a knee next to Tyria and scanned his surroundings with a rifle at the ready. Lord Actual, Lord Actual, this is Claymore One Actual. Lord Actual, send. Claymore One Actual, we have breached the final gate and are now in the causeway to the castle, requesting fire support to cover our advance. Over. Roger, stand by. Outskirts of Silverton, Operation Overlord Command Post. Get the UAV over the castle, Major Joseph called out. I want eyes over there now. The UAV operator skillfully commanded the UAV to switch to a patrol pattern over the castle. Joseph stood before the banks of the monitors and watched the footage being relayed over. He saw a group of marines and Claymore 1 huddling behind some ruins beyond the grey stone walls. Um, they did it, Joseph grinned. Now all that's left is the castle defenses itself. Order the nearest marine units to advance as fast as they can, Joseph ordered. 
We got away in right to the Emperor. It'll be a last fight. Tell the support to drop heavy barrage right to the castle, Joseph ordered, then switch to a smoke to cover the boys' advance. Yes, sir. The city of Silverton, causeway of the Citadel. Terrier leaned out of the ruins of the wall, and he saw another group of Imperials trying to advance under the cover of Magic Barrier, only to be beaten back by the stone guardhouse by their heavy gunfire. Crap, at this rate we're burning arrow, we won't have enough to storm the castle. Look, call command and tell them we need a resupply, or we won't be able to advance. Tyria hissed to Loke, who nodded and spoke into the radio set. Sarge, Loke looked up from his radio set. Command says fire mission inbound, two mics. As for the resupply, the nearest marine unit is about 15 mics away. Loke informed Tyria. Command says that they are throwing all units at our location to reinforce our final attack. Crap, then hold here till they can supply us. Tyria sighed. He knew that they had used up all their rockets for the RPG-1s, and without any more rockets, if they encountered any more Terminators, they won't be able to defeat them with just small arms fire. As promised, the shrieks of mortars and screamed down overhead and the castle in the distance was covered in smoke as puffs of mortar shells burst over the walls. The castle's magic defenses shimmered brightly as they blocked the deadly shrapnel from killing the guards. Terrier tore his eyes away from the deadly fireworks and turned to the marine sergeant. Hey, get your boys back the way we came in. Friendlies should be coming in to join us in about 15 mics. We need to hold this bridgehead here. The marine nodded and gathered his men, and they ran back towards the breached wall to secure it. Terrier turned back to Lurk and said, Tell command, we're holding the bridgehead here till resupply. Our ammo is low and there is no point in the assault castle for now. Got it. Lurk returned to his radio and started to relay the message. Crap, are we trapped behind enemy lines here? Hitsu asked as he leaned back against the reload his rifle. Trapped? Terrier snorted. We're not trapped behind enemy lines. It's the enemy that are trapped in here with us. The city of Silverton, Citadel, Watchtower... The Emperor stood at the top of the tower and looked down impassively at the smoke and flames engulfing the city. Ants. The sky suddenly screamed and smoke puffs flowed The thunderous cracks abruptly appeared over the citadel walls. Immediately, the citadel magic barriers shimmered as they blocked the barbarians' demonic weapons, and a thick cloud of white smoke covered the walls. The Emperor's lifeguards quickly surrounded him and raised their shields to protect the Emperor. He felt a shockwave from the screaming spells and frowned as it made his ears hurt. He waved his men away and sighed. These barbarians' thunder weapons really are chaotic. My emperor, a governor, stood behind the emperor nervously and said, We, we, we should evacuate. It's not safe here. <laughs> the emperor, Varrican, laughed wildly. Safe? This is war. There is no safe place. Don't worry, the emperor gave a chilly smile which made the governor sweat more. Let them come. I want to see how they face off against my own. End of chapter. Chapter 394 The Emperor's Own Hundreds of silver-clad, fully-armored soldiers stood before the gates of the citadel, with their featureless, full-face helms. It was hard to know what the soldiers were thinking as they stood still like statues as they watched the gates. The magic barriers above the citadel walls flickered constantly as smoke puffs constantly appeared with thunderous cracks over the barriers. One by one, the barriers fell as the enemy appeared to concentrate all of their power in attacking the barriers, and finally, the final one popped. The last magic barrier overloaded and the shimmering sphere of the walls disappeared. With the barriers, the screaming smells of the barbarians started landing around the walls. 
Those caught in the open were felled instantly as their seemingly harmless smoke puffs. The thunder weapons of the barbarians continued for several heartbeats, just as suddenly as they appeared. The spell stopped, leaving behind cries of the wounded and dying. The imperial soldiers quickly came out of cover to man the walls once the screaming thunder spells had stopped, appeared over the battlements with their bows and crossbows, and were baffled when they did not see the enemy attacking. Suddenly, shrieks and screams came from the skies again, and the imperial soldiers screamed in terror as the enemy's screaming thunder spells burst over the walls before anyone could take cover. A whistle blew and the marines roared out a war cry as they charged up the slope. The walls before them were blanketed with smoke spells and mortars, but it was barely necessary as they lifted the barrage to trick the Imperials out into the open before hitting them again with another barrage. The walls was already badly battered with a mixture of high explosives and airburst shells from the mortars. The several breaches could be seen, and the marines charged towards the breaches amongst the walls, ignoring the gates totally, which caught the imperial defenders off guard as much as their forces were concentrated around the gates. Tyria ran together with his men, climbing over the debris of the walls and entering into a courtyard behind the walls. He saw the scattering of marines crouching as they fired their rifles at a cluster of imperials at the steps that led up to the castle. He saw a large group of Imperials in armor that was more ornate than usual knights. They held kite shields that had a tall, tall shimmer of magic barriers. But what made him check his advance was when he saw the weapons sticking out from behind the shield walls. What the fuck? Guns! Take cover! Teria yelled. He pushed the marines before him down and threw himself flat, just as the guns of the Imperials fired. Instantly, the shield wall disappeared behind a huge cloud of dirty gun smoke, and Tyria heard a whiz of bullets buzzing over his head. The marines that stumbled out of the gaps in the walls did not get the warning, and they dropped as bullet met flesh. They spotted the danger started in yelling the rest to take cover, while the others dragged the wounded buddies to safety. Medic! How the fuck did they get guns? Hitsu cursed as he leopard crawled over a perfectly manicured lawn to the courtyard. This is unfair. Looks like black powder guns, Young said as he fired a rifle at the smoke cloud. Probably they stole them from the SDF or something. MGs, suppress those sparkers. The marine officer cried out from behind. Terria saw a bulky orc marine which he recognized as slow, lugging his machine gun and trying to keep up with his huge body as low to the ground as possible, sprinting over the ruined walls. The orc marine ignored the splattering shots around him and dropped down into the prone position. Slow raised his buttstock against his bruised shoulder and held down the trigger and swept left and right, sending bolts of red-hot traces directly into the gun smoke of the Imperials. Traces of sparks could be seen bouncing off the shimmering shields of the Imperial Knights as they held their position. Tyria grinned and gestured to the Marine who had an RPG-1 strapped to his back. Hit it with an RPG. The Marine grinned back and started fiddling with the rocket launcher. He remained in his prone position and aimed the RPG-1 at the Imperials covered by smoke. He waited for the smoke to clear a bit, allowing him to adjust his aim and he yelled, Clear back! Clear! One round away! The rocket's motor ignited and shrieked out. The short distance and speed of the rocket was too fast to follow with the naked eye. The sudden ear-bursting crack and a puff of smoke was the only indication that the rocket had hit the target, and it was not the only rocket fired, as other marines had the same idea, as several more rockets detonated amongst the smoke-covered Imperials. Move! Move! 
Terrier yelled as he pushed himself off of the ground. The troops around him followed suit as they advanced towards the main entrance of the citadel, where the flight of marble stairs now led into the castle. As the smoke cleared, the ragged remains of the Imperials could be seen. Most of the Imperial knights were down, bits and pieces of armor and body parts were everywhere, and blood was slowly flowing down the stairs. The Imperials, still alive, continued their stand, relying on their still-functioning magic barriers and guns to fend off the marines. But as more and more marines poured through the breaches, they added to the weight of firepower against the Imperials, and short twenty minutes later, the last Imperial knight dropped to his knees as blood dripped out from the numerous holes in his body armor. Syria climbed up the stairs with his weapon at the ready. Marines made sure to check each body to ensure that no Imperials were playing dead. They disarmed the bodies and moved the wounded to the side. Terrier paused and reached out, picking up one of the guns dropped by the Imperial dead and frowned. It was a Mark I Magelock bolt-action rifle. Terrier flipped the weapon over and saw the serial numbers engraved on the side and frowned. This most likely came from the SDF. Well, we did expect them to get their hands on our weapons, Hitsu said as he stopped next to Terrier, who tossed the weapon aside. Well, there won't be a problem anymore if we take down the Emperor now, right? Terrier gave a shrug as he looked up the stairs into large grandiose doors that were the Marines setting charges. Maybe, maybe not. All I know is that the Emperor is just after those doors. All right, bomb up. Terrier gestured to his men to him. We got an appointment with the Emperor to keep. The Emperor sat in his throne with one arm supporting his head. Before him stood a crowd of nobles and ministers. They smiled around nervously as they could hear the thunder of the barbarian weapons growing louder and louder. The doors to the Great Hall suddenly swung open and a large group of Imperial soldiers rushed in. They quickly barred the doors and the one of the senior soldiers came up to report to his superiors, which the crowd silenced to hear the news. The, the, the barbarians have broken through! The Emperor's own can barely fend them off even half the turn of glass. The soldier panted. We tried to hold them off, but uh, the magic is too powerful. The doors to the Great Hall suddenly shattered with a booming roar. Flames and wooden splinters exploded out and slamming into the crowd. Screams and cries of fear and pain erupted from the crowd, and they melted away from the entrance like ice. The Emperor sat up straight and frowned as he saw the barbarians in their ragged blue-green clothes flood the Great Hall. They held their thunder weapons out aggressively, and the crowd recoiled from them. Instantly, the Emperor's lifeguards, who stood motionless, went to action. They formed a protective wall before the Emperor and drew their swords out as one. The rest of the crowd, some of the males wanting to impress the ladies, bared their blades in their heroic effort against the invading barbarians. For a moment, both sides entered a stare-down as the pointed weapons at each other, until someone strolled through the shattered doors like he owned the place. My, my, what a crowd we have here. The Emperor narrowed his eyes as he stared at the newcomer. Unlike the barbarian soldiers, which he'd observed closely, the single barbarian did not wear those pot-like helmets nor the strange vest with pouches. Instead, he wore a flat hat with his head and had only a small pouch on his hip that had a dark green and black colors painted across his face in diagonal pattern. Who are you? The emperor growled his question as the hall turned silent as the arrival of the newcomer. Me? The newcomer pointed to himself and gave a short bow. Greetings, your majesty. I am Major Joseph Token, commander of the UN Marine Expedition Force. Insolence! A eunuch cried out loudly as he pointed at the barbarian. You are before the emperor himself. Why have you not gone down on your knees, barbarian? The barbarian's starkly white eyes stood out in the face paint as he turned his attention to the eunuch at the side of the emperor. 
He broke into a smile and made his teeth strikingly white in contrast to his painted face. Made the eunuch felt a chill down his spine as the eunuch unconsciously took a step backwards. Let's not waste each other's time, the barbarian said. You know why we are here. And what reason would that be? The Emperor Varrican remained unperturbed on his throne as he crossed his legs and folded his arms on his lap. Are you here to give your allegiance to me? The barbarian soldiers, hearing the words, growled in displeasure, while the leader of the barbarians just laughed and shook his head. Nice joke. You should have considered a new job as a jester instead. No, your majesty. The barbarian tone turned sharp. We're here for your surrender. Teria stood at the side with his weapon raised and ready as he listened to the exchange between the major and the emperor. He eyed the nobles crowling around the hall with disgust as they wore rich clothing, jewelry, and indulgence with the fine dining at times of war. He spat to the side as he turned his attention to the emperor and felt a sense of unease from him. The emperor seemed too relaxed for the situation. Clearly, he had the upper hand, yet they remained like he was in command of the whole situation, thought Tyria. He said in a low voice to the major, Something must be up. The major gave a slight nod to indicate that he heard his words. Tyria turned his men and said, Get ready to hit the emperor with everything you've got if he tries anything funny. Joseph kept his smile on his face as he watched the emperor closely, wondering what the other tricks they had up his sleeve. More of those Terminators hidden somewhere, or some magic trap. And how will you force me to surrender? The Emperor laughed as he took a goblet of wine from the side. He stood up and pointed to Joseph's, whose expression turned serious. You think you pitiful few with borrowed magic of those thunder weapons could force me to surrender? Do you not think so highly of yourselves? The Emperor laughed. Kill them! The Emperor's lifeguards instantly leapt into action, and on his command, crossing the span of the Great Hall in just a few steps, making Joseph hiss in surprise at their speed. The Marines, without a need to order, opened fire, and the gunfire in the hall was magnified, making the crowd of nobles scream in pain as the eardrums nearly burst. Get the goddamn Emperor! End of chapter. Chapter 395 The Hunger Bodies clad in metal dropped down with loud clanks as they were perforated by bullets. Blood spurt all over the crowd of terrified nobles, with some injured or died due to ricochets and overpenetration of the bullets. The crowd recoiled away from the gunfire as the marines advanced. They ignored the nobles, only targeting those with hostile intentions. The lightning-fast movements of the Emperor's lifeguards managed to cut down a few marines before getting overwhelmed by the heavy pouring of gunfire. One by one the lifeguards fell as one pristine stone floor of the great hall was littered and spent casings and pools of blood. The crowd of nobles retreated in fear at the side of the hall, leaving a clear space to the right of the emperor who had a displeased expression on his face. Major Joseph slapped the fresh magazine into his pistol and racked the slide, giving a smile and a bow to the emperor and said, Your Majesty, if you please come this way. The emperor gave a dismissive snort and stood up. You barbarians! Do you think your thunder weapons are so strong? Can your weapons kill us? The emperor. Joseph frowned when he saw the emperor reach into his voluminous probes and drew out a vial of black liquid. The emperor presented a vial like some kind of holy artifact. Behold! The elixir of the gods! Joseph's eyes widened as he realized what the emperor was about to do. He raised his pistol up in a two-handed stance and fired without pause, aiming for the small vial. His shot missed and instead hit the emperor in the chest, slapping him back and down on his throne. A shadowy figure appeared and gasped the vial in the emperor's hand. 
Figure quickly swallowed the contents of the vial just as the rest of the marines reacted and fired their guns. The figure laughed as its body suddenly seemed to swell up. The tattered robe stretched out and tore its body inside, expanding to inhuman proportions. The bullets and rifles left marks in the tiny puncture wounds that leaked foul-smelling black blood and did not seem to bother the flesh abomination, which grew to a large mass of over three meters. Its misshapen body wobbled as it stomped its way through the steps of the throne of the powerful sweep of its oversized arm. It smashed the ground where several marines were too slow to dodge it and the bloody pulp. Mad laughter suddenly came from the throne as the emperor patted the smoking bullet hole over his robes leisurely. Joseph cursed as he emptied his pistol into the hulking mass of flesh, wreaking havoc amongst his troops. RPG! Someone of the level-headed officers and NCOs cried out. Seconds later, shrieks of armor-piercing rockets burst through the tubes and hammered the meaty flesh of the abomination at point-blank range. The one-self could barely make any audible words as it roared in angry pain as the rockets that penetrated its body. It turned to make a move against those insects that tried to hurt it when the rocket's delayed fuses blew. One second was a huge hawk of flesh and the next second it popped, decorating the entire great hall with a black smelly liquid and gore. The entire great hall descended into silence as everyone stared at that stunned shock at the sudden death of the monster when suddenly the noble lady screamed. The screams seemed to jolt everyone awake as they quickly turned their attention back to the Emperor, whose sour expression on his face. Fine, fine, I acknowledge you barbarians thunder weapons as outstanding, but uh, can you defeat a god? With that sentence, the Emperor stood up again, his body starting to jerk unnaturally. Joseph sighed deeply and gestured for his men to make ready. Aim, fire. The surviving marines and Claymore One members fired without hesitation at the figure as a surprised emperor. The emperor cursed as the Buddha slammed into his body, forcing him back to his throne. What? I, I haven't changed yet. The bullet smacked into his head and blew out his brains, leaving the emperor's words half finished as he slumped to the bullet's ridden throne. Reload! Joseph gestured to Claymore One leader to check the body and reloaded his pistol. Terrier nodded together with his men as they advanced up the steps and surrounded the throne. Salt and fire, Wolf nervously asked as he peered at the ruined body of the Emperor. Terrier was about to reply when the body of the Emperor twitched. Ah, fark, I knew it was too easy. Shoot it. The men of Claymore One, without hesitating, emptied their weapons into the body of the Emperor. When their guns ran dry, what remained was almost unidentified as a body. Yet the remains continued to twitch, and suddenly was a pair of wrinkled claws reaching out from the bloodied remains of the neck cavity and pulled itself out the corpse. Crap! Back it up! Daria yelled before he turned and ran. He purposely lobbed a thermite grenade onto the remains of the corpse where the monster was crawling out. The thermite burst into superheated flames, and a couple seconds later, then the monster had half made its way out of the Emperor's remains, screamed in an unholy scream as flames almost as hot as the surface of the sun ravaged it. The throne burst into flames, and even the stone floor started to melt from the heat of the thermite grenade. The creature shrieked another unholy cry, which would have deafened anyone nearby if they had no ear protection which the nobles didn't, making them scream in pain as their eardrums burst with leaking blood. The marines and Claymore One troops suffered minor ear injuries despite their ear protection. They stared at the morbid fascination as the creature who had finally clawed its way out of the emperor's body. What in heavens is that crap? 
The creature stood it as a pair of short, stubby, clawed legs bent backwards. It had a rough shape of a person's body with a pair of misshapen feathered wings instead of arms, a large crooked beak that looked like some kind of feathered virum that had a long, narrow beak almost as long as a body, and a pair of large red eyes that was void in the eyes whites. Its coat of feathers were glossy and a bright radiant colors except for this left side, which was marred with scorched marks. It shrieked as it spread its wings and arms and lowered its colorful, bloomed head and looked at the people around it. Surprisingly, a shrill voice came out as the winged creature spoke. Behold, martyrs, but I am a god. It's a bloody hummingbird. It's the sun god avatar. Teria started a wild-eyed and grotesque mockery of a beautiful avian species. Fark, another hero class. The members of Claymore One and Joseph were surprised by the appearance of the creature. As a special ops unit, they had access to more some classified files than the same for Joseph, who was high in command rank. Marines! Joseph cried out suddenly in the tense mood of the hall. Show fake God some love! The emperor turned hummingbird creature, flapped its wings so fast that they appeared to disappear, and the creature floated into the air. <laughs> Beautiful mortals, I am a god. I hold the powers of the sun and the darkness in me. A bubble of magic barrier appeared around the hummingbird, the creature as bullets slammed into the invisible wall, making the barrier shimmer in a burst of rainbow colors. The hummingbird suddenly darted forward towards the nearest person, which was one of the eunuchs, and stabbed its long beak into its body as the deaf and frightened eunuch. Instantly, the eunuch gave out a cry of fear and pain before his body visibly deflated. The hummingbird made a satisfied noise before he jabbed the eunuch again and injected a dark essence into the deflated corpse. The corpse of the eunuch ballooned up like before. It started to develop muscles and bulk at an alarming rate. Burst out of its robes, the hummingbird continued its actions on another, including people of the nobles, before long. A small army of flesh abominations milled around the glassy-eyed confusion. <laughs> My pretties! The hummingbird laughed as it ignored the small arms and rocket fire. Kill them all! Joseph's expression turned dark as he saw the lumbering flesh abominations clumsily make their way over. Stand your ground, demo-men. Rig this place to blow. you got five minutes. The marines with demolition charges nodded and quickly went to work. They tossed satchel charges at the foot of the pillars, quickly inserting fused lines into them, while the rest of the marines held the fresh horrors. Sir, running out of rockets, the NCO called out and Joseph turned to the radio men. Call for all units to gather outside this castle with all available heavy weapons now. The hummingbird ignored the marines and flitted about with the terrifying nobles, hunting them along with the pillars and upturned furniture as it sucked the lifeblood out of them with a kind of giant mosquito before turning them into flesh abominations. The smarter ones ran past the marines who ignored them in favor of the horrors that were storming their way. Charges shut, sir, the demo marine cried out as he held a mess of cables in his hands. We can only blow half of the hall. Good enough, Joseph nodded. All units fall back till the entrance by the numbers. Now! The other officers and NCOs took over and did the fighting retreat, with half remaining in their positions while the other half retreated back in a frog-leaf manner. The hummingbird spotted the marines retreating, laughing shrilly again, hovered over the heads of the grotesque army of horrors. Seeing the troops piling out of the great hall, Joseph nodded to the demo marine. Set the charge, two minutes. Yes, sir! 
Varrican was feeling intoxicated despite his flesh body had been destroyed. He could always make another flesh bag later, for now his attention was on the surging power overflowing through his holy body. Each time he absorbed the lifeblood of a delicious mortals before him, he felt his senses sharpen and even more power tickling through his veins, making him hunger for more. He watched the pathetic nobles who used to curry favor with him now turned into prey who pleaded for mercy. He loved the feeling as he stabbed his beak into the bodies, especially the dolled-up females whose tears ruined their overly made-up faces as their eyes widened in fear and horror, making him feel aroused. The barbarian's thunder weapons could barely harm him now that he had his divine protection of the sun god, allowing him to enjoy the game of hunger amongst the great hall. Finally, the last of the nobles breathed out the last and turned into one of his new-born soldiers. He turned his attention to the retreating barbarians and gave a hungry smile, as much as a bird's beak could smile. Go, my children, kill them. Run, mortals, run, and let the hunger game b- Several kilograms of high explosives packed into satchel charges, planted by the demo marines, blew up with a mechanical timer on the detonator's switch triggered. The blast caught in the middle portion of the flesh abominations as they exited the great hall, chasing after the marines when the timer ran down. Instantly, the weakened masonry of the great hall crashed down as supporting pillars were blown to bits. The initial explosive shattered dozens of the nearby flesh abominations, and the following resulting shockwave destroyed a few more before the collapse of the third great hall crashed to rest. End of chapter. Chapter 396 The Eternal Emperor United Nations, Fortress Singapore, Command Bridge Captain Blake stood watching the UAV feed that was broadcasting the actions a hundred kilometers away attentively. He watched as a part of the roof of the castle collapsed inwards as a tiny figures of marines exiting the castle in a hurry. That doesn't look so good, he mumbled as he watched the scene. Nope, definitely doesn't look good. Intelligence Officer Tabar, standing next to Blake, agreed. Damn, Blake cursed before he made a prayer. Please don't let it be another god. Chances are quite high that it's some godlike entity, Tavar said in a matter-of-fact way. Considering all the strange powers that the Empire has, they have to be a very high chance of a god involved. Frick! Blake cursed as the image showed a strange humanoid creature bursting out from the debris of the collapsed roof. It is some kind of freaking god again. The men on the ground should be more than enough to handle a god or a hero, Tavar said confidently. We have the troops trained in dealing with these, um, crisis, just in case of another incident encountered with a hostile god or hero. Blake sighed and leaned on the safety railing before the displays. I pray that'll be enough for the men. City of Silverton, Citadel. The Major Joseph made his way out to the Marines and explosives went off behind them. They emerged from the smoke and out of the main doors of the castle and quickly turned around to re-engage the fresh abominations that had survived and were still chasing them. The heavy gunfire managed to pop the remaining fresh abominations into bursts of blood and gore before they even managed to exit the castle. The marines remained wary as they nervously eyed the exit of the castle for the strange creature to appear. Joseph turned to his radio man and asked, Check with the other battalions of their position. We need all firepower we can get, and tell the reserves to bring up all the heavy weapons and special equipment. We're gonna need them. Suddenly, the ruins of the castle roof rumbled and cracked. Feathered wings broke out from the ruins and hovered over the castle before it looked down on the marines with crazed-looking eyes. 
its arms, wings flapped as if fast as it became a blur, and the creature cocked its head to the side and shrieked, Worms, you barbarian worms, I shall feast upon your flesh. The marines quickly fired their weapons at the creature, which dodged nimbly in the air. A few lucky shots made the creature's magic barrier flare up without any effects. Joseph cursed as he waited for reinforcements as they needed more firepower to break the creature's barrier and kill it. The giant deformed hummingbird appeared to be wary of their guns, so it sought to dodge their attacks. The concentrated gunfire barely managed to keep the creature at bay as it flew around in glee, toying with the marines as it sought to find a weakness. Terrier! Joseph yelled to Claymore one leader. Any tricks to get that thing down on the ground? Hold one, sir, Terrier yelled back before turning to Hitsu. Get the net gun out. He nodded and dug in his bag of holding before retrieving a stubby tube with a pistol grip. I'm gonna need some cover, guys. Got it, Terrier nodded. Everyone, distract that flying piece of crap. Ready? Terrier leaned out from cover and aimed his weapon at the creature who was darting here and there in midair. Fire! Extra firepower managed to distract the hummingbird as it swerved in the air wildly, allowing Hitsu to carry the net gun to approach it. The hummingbird was flying around the height of roughly 10 meters in the air where Hitsu gauged the best opportunity to make it do. Ritsu readied the net gun, which was part of a human's original non-lethal arsenal, and raised it as high as he could and stretched his hands up and fired and judged position that the creature would appear at. Like a party popper, except much louder and with a stronger kick, the CO2 compressed gas inside the tube tossed the folded net out. The force of the gas sent the weights of the net twirling outwards and the net which could cover the area as the jeep spread out. But the net missed and it alarmed the hummingbird which swooped away angrily shrieking, Damn worms, the barbarian shall never defeat me. With the sentence, the hummingbird flew away towards the walls at the bottom of the slope. It charged towards the dumbstruck remains of the imperial soldiers still holding out at the walls to attack them. After it, Joseph ordered, don't let him make more of those abominations. The troops ran down the slope hurriedly, but they were too late. The hummingbird had managed to turn several unlucky imperial soldiers into fresh monstrosities, and those monsters were dragging their previous comrades out of the sacrifice to the hummingbird. How many more shots do you have for the net gun? Tyria asked Hitsu as they ran down the slope to join the marines. Two more shots, Hitsu panted as he caught up with Tyria. He eyed the creature, using a stubby clawed feet and grabbing flailing imperial soldiers downwards with a super long peak drinking the imperial like it was a packaged drink. It's moving too fast, Hitsu said as he stopped to take a breather. Hard to gauge where to shoot. No, Tyria frowned before he pointed at the creature. There is a way. How? Hitsu asked as he checked the load of his net gun. We just have to wait for him to grab someone, Tyria said in a cold voice. That's our only chance. Wait. Hitsu looked and stared at Tyria. You mean sacrifice the Imperials to it? Yes, Tyria nodded. It's the only time it slows down enough for it to hit her with the net gun. Damn, that's cold even for you, Hitsu sighed as he got ready to sprint towards the creature again. You want to use our boys instead? Terrier glared at Hitsu, who bobbed his head and seed the point. The rest will support Hitsu. You two know what you're doing, right? Terrier gestured to Altiad and Tabal, who had gone on RPG-1 tube over their backs. All right, let's go. Crap, you guys better cover me from those supersized things, Hitsu said as he ran. He crossed the courtyard to get in range of the hummingbird. 
He made a beeline for a row of small, ornamental bushes while praying that no one accidentally shot him in the back as the machine gun traces and whizzed bullets flew past him. The rest of Claymore One followed him, keeping their bodies slow as they ran across the courtyard littered with debris and bodies. The marines kept up fire, trying to tag the hummingbird and at the same time shooting the newly created monsters. The surviving Imperial soldiers finally broke as they witnessed the feathered creature turning their comrades into wilted bodies, before turning them into a bloated monster. They dropped their weapons and shields, and some even tried to shred their armor as they abandoned the walls to the strong points. Some of them attempted to fight off the hummingbird, only to get picked up and snacked on. The marines could really help with the Imperials, they instead ignored those running and focused on the fire on the hummingbird. Suddenly, there was a burst of gunfire from the city as reinforcements from the other barbarians that were pacifying the remaining Imperials arrived. They added their weight for the fire of the hummingbird, and its magic barrier started pulsing as more and more bullets hit it. The men of Claymore One managed to hide amongst the ornamental plants, and they laboriously crawled their way towards the hummingbird inch by inch. Finally, Hitsu judged the distance to be there, raised his neck gun up again. He followed the darting movements of the hummingbird and waited patiently for it to swoop down and grab an imperial hiding within the watchtower. The hummingbird hovered over the opening of the tower and suddenly darted forward, its long beak breaking through the back of a plate mail of the imperial soldier. The soldier screamed as he yanked out from the tower and dangled weakly as its body was sucked dry by the hummingbird. Hitsu... Without hesitation, squeezed the trigger on the neck gun, flinging the net out. The shot was not accurate, but close enough, as a couple of the weighted ends landed on the right wing of the hummingbird. Due to the speed of its wings, the weighted ends were dragged into the net and tangled up its wing. The hummingbird gave out a surprised shrill, dropping the shriveled-up corpse without one wing, and it dropped like a brick. Tyria pushed himself up and yelled, Hit it! Both Altiert and Taval shouldered their RPG-1s and fired at the second apart. The loud double thunderclap of the two rockets hitting the magic barrier was followed by the chest-thumping shockwave. The rest of Claymore 1 joined the firing and their own personal weapons as they shocked the creature. The rest of the marines, seeing that the creature downed, roared out a triumphant and unloaded every arsenal that they had in their hands. Rocket after rocket slammed into the barrier, while machine gun traces seemed to converge on all in the same spot as MG teams focused all their fire on the monster. Suddenly, the glow of light flashed out from the downed creature, forcing everyone to cry out in pain as they were nearly blinded. As their vision recovered, they saw the blinding figure of the hummingbird standing up from within the cloud of smoke. You dare to harm this emperor! The hummingbird stretched its wings out for a moment, and it seemed to float in air. The hummingbird tilted its head up towards the sky and said in a shrill voice, Eye of the sun. The bright flash burst out from the sky's glowing eye appeared above the hummingbird. You filthy barbarians, you dare defile my sacred body. You shall pay in flesh and blood. Those marines who were further back had recovered their sight faster and resumed their gunfire at the glowing hummingbird. Lead bullets appeared to slam into an invisible field and glowed cherry red for a second before vanishing. The 70mm rockets from the RPGs fired slightly better as each hit the hummingbird. Irritated by the constant hits on its magic barrier that made its insides hurt, the hummingbird landed on the ground and raised one arm wing before sweeping it down towards a group of marines. Instantly, a glowing orange-white slash burst out and slammed into the marines at super-fast speed. 
Screams and cries were cut short as marines were chopped in half by the sunblade. Their uniforms and combustibles burst into flames, while their wounds and immediately cauterized by the extreme heat. The marines, seeing their own taken by the attack, quickly warned the rest. Take cover! The hummingbird threw out another couple more sunblades, making the marines scramble for cover. Those that ran too slow died quickly, while those that were too close to the sunblades suffered third-degree burns. They rolled and screamed as the uniforms and gear melted over the flesh and the flesh cooked. Spread out! Don't cluster together! The enraged marines quickly dispersed before they heroically stood their ground and returned fire as the weapons were glowing with the hummingbird. Kill it! <laughs> the hummingbird shrilled out of ecstasy and cries of dying fear. Fear me, you barbarian worms! Bow before me! For I am the eternal emperor! End of chapter. And that, my friends, is the end of this video. I hope that you enjoyed. If you did, please consider supporting the channel. There are numerous links down below. The easiest way would be to share this video and this channel to as many people as possible to help this channel grow. Your support is very much appreciated. And I will see you all in the next video. Cheers.